Welcome to the new TV Gold podcast from Media Week's Andrew Mercado and James Manning, a podcast for people who love great television. It's time for another TV Gold. Andrew Mercado, are you ready? I'm certainly ready today, James. <laughs> this um, this week we've got a few. There's just a lot around at the moment, isn't there? There's just so it was quiet. Had a little quiet period a few weeks ago, but there's so many new shows popping up. But um, it's good, but it's it's challenging to try and keep across them. Well, I kept having to refer to our list. It was like every time I had a free minute, it was like, what am I meant to be watching? I know this this huge list of shows. It's yeah, you're right. There's so many new dramas and comedies. Yeah, I'm I'm sort of still, you know, proud of what I achieved last week. And if you, <laughs> you, you missed didn't. that episode, go back. But I watched yeah. a lot of stuff, but I did have Easter to help me, you know. There right. Was a, there were some days there where I just went bang, bang, bang. And see, I was moving at Easter, so that's why I've fallen so behind on everything because I'm not sitting in front of the TV. I've been unpacking boxes. Yeah, no, you've got a lot going on. So this week we're going to look at the last thing he told me. We're going to look at an erotic thriller, Obsession, and there's a few of those around now. We'll probably get to another one, maybe not this week, but in the future. And we're going to talk about Mrs. Maisel. Well, yeah, Maisel, isn't it? Maisel. The marvellous Mrs. Maisel. The marvellous yeah. Mrs. <laughs> now, I'm, um, let's start with that, if you like, because okay. we were both very enthusiastic about this when it launched. We couldn't get enough of it. I've got to admit, after two seasons, I, I, I didn't intentionally check out, but it got away from me. Right. They, they did seem to be spitting them out quite I don't know. There just didn't seem to be a lot of time between seasons. But anyway, it got away from me. But I've checked back in for season five. Wow. Because does that mean that there's some episodes in the middle that you've missed then? Or some series in the middle. Yeah, right. Missed, yeah. See, it's to not me, hard to pick it up, though. Well, no, you can pick it up, but you've got to go back because, to me, this is a series that, you know, my initial interest was sparked. I didn't watch it when it first went to air, but then it won all of these Emmy Awards, and I was like, oh, I'd, I'd better check this out, and I watched it when it's great. And then I realised that each season just got better and better, and, in fact, it looked like, to me, like the production budget started to go up big time, um, particularly with the season that opens uh, – in Miami with a musical number. And now we're at the end. Uh, it's no holds barred. They're still pouring that money into the costume budget and uh, these incredible, uh, you know, locations that they're shooting on. And, yeah, they've pulled out all stops. And this fifth and final season of Mrs. Maisel is the show at its best. You know, we talk about when is it a good time for a show to leave. Obviously, at its peak, well, Maisel is going out on on top. Yeah, I'd say, I mean, and I admit I've, I've lost a lot in the middle, but from the very beginning to where I am now, it seems to have matured yeah. quite a bit. I did like the sort of, it was, I don't know, it was very different, wasn't it? And it was 
maybe a bit shocking and confronting and things you didn't expect back whenever it was, what, five, six years ago when it started? Yeah, I think it was more grungy in the beginning because she was playing like underground, you know, you know, venues, whereas now that she's on the road and playing stadiums and going around entertaining the troops and now on a TV show, you can see that that's where they've put the extra effort into recreating all of that. Yeah, six years ago, gee whiz, that's uh, <laughs> that's gone quickly, hasn't it? But yeah. um, now, look, I'm I'm very much enjoying this new season. Now they're using some what I think are new. Did they this season? There's some flash forwards into what happens in the future. Yeah, they've never we, had them. Never before. done that. No, no. And I think the first episode, and we're trying really hard not to give away any plot spoilers <laughs> here, uh, because if someone hasn't watched The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel on Amazon Prime, they need to. It truly is one of the greatest uh, TV series of this decade. And yes, the flash forward, uh, it becomes quite obvious from the first episode of this fifth series that, wow, we've jumped ahead. And so you get to see all of you, you learn right from the beginning, wow, things really change for Mrs. Maisel down the track and then they backtrack and, and keep telling this story of how she got there. One of the things I'm loving, she, she um, at the end of last season, I think they'd, um, they'd set the, her and a manager had set their sights on the Gordon Ford show, which looks to me a little bit like Johnny Carson. That Correct. Was, right? So this season there's more of that. And while yeah. I give away too much, but I'm loving the 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 scenes inside with with the riders, with the host of the Gordon Ford show. It's just really wonderful. And I don't think there's uh, any mystery anymore that M the marvelous Mrs. Maisel is based heavily on the life of Joan Rivers, and we know that Joan Rivers was on the Tonight Show with Johnny Carson, and she became his stand-in host and became the first female co-host of a Tonight Show in America. Not in the world, though, because in the world we are we own that honour here in Australia. It was Lorraine Desmond who hosted okay. in Melbourne tonight when Graham Kennedy was on holidays in the 50s and the 60s. She has the badge of being the first woman in the world to host her own Tonight Show, but, of course, you know, nobody around the rest of the world recognises that. They all give that honour to Joan Rivers. But then we know that Joan Rivers and Johnny Carson had a huge falling out when she was offered her own Tonight Show on Fox. They went head to head. Johnny Carson never spoke to her again. And Joan Rivers' husband ended up uh, killing himself in the wake of that show's flop. So uh, whether or not they'll go into that in this, you know, slight recreation in Maisel will be interesting to see. There's, um, I've looked this up, there's a lot of cast introduced in every season. Mm. But what the show has pretty much done, and you can confirm or, or point out otherwise, they seem to have kept the core cast pretty much all the way through. 
And that core cast of characters is Jewish, you know, New York City Jews. And a lot of the comedy comes from uh, uh, Miriam's parents, uh, as played by Tony Shalhoub, and uh, Rose, as played by Mirren Hinkle, and her in-laws of her former husband, who are just hilarious, Moish and Shirley. Kevin Pollack plays Moish, and look, Caroline Aaron as Shirley, Shirley Maisel is hilarious. I could watch her in a spin-off show all day. I love uh, the interplay between those very Jewish parents. Uh, it's one of the highlights uh, of the series for me. Yeah, I love the work of uh, Kevin Pollack. He's great in this. And um, there's some scenes early in season five He's working as a writer, and yeah, he he gets into some. Well, he thinks it's significant trouble, but it's not really. Yeah, it's, he makes it's a amazing mistake. watching him agonising over oh, what happens. Yeah. The agony he puts himself through. This is part of where the humour comes from. These uh, they they get themselves so stressed out about the situations they find themselves in. Yeah, that's fantastic. Look, the marvelous Mrs. Maisel. It's on Prime Video, season five. I think there's probably going to be nine episodes. Yep, they're dropping one a week, it seems. So it will run um, through till the end of May. And this is a TV series I will give my highest accolade to. The marvelous Mrs. Maisel is so good. I'm going to watch it again from start to finish. Well, gee whiz, it's easy to say that, Andrew, but you've got <laughs> I make outrageous claims like that often. And it's um and I'll get to one a little bit later in this episode. I've I've said at least twice before on this podcast, but gee, finding the time for some of these grand plans can be challenging. I guess I put it there in that basket of a friend comes for the weekend, it starts to rain, what will we watch? I'll say yeah. to them, have you watched Mrs. Maisel? They might say no. I'll go, great, we're binging this. <laughs> okay, okay. All right, let's move on. Um, time for Netflix. It's an erotic thriller. Mm. It's called Obsession, four episodes. Um, what did you think? Oh, I just... I thought it was absolute rubbish trash. <laughs> I thought it was laughably bad. And this is coming from someone who remembers the original movie that this is based on. So it was originally a novel and then there was a movie uh, made of it called Damage. And the movie starred Jeremy Irons and Juliette Benoche. And I remember seeing it in the 90s. In fact, I can even remember uh, the cinema I probably went to see it in. And, you know, one of the things that was really obvious in that movie version, which I'm not seeing in this Netflix adaptation, was, yes, it's about a dangerous liaison between uh, a man who falls in love with his son's girlfriend, then becomes fiance, and they begin this scandalous affair. Now, in that film Damage, Jeremy Irons played the father, having the affair with Juliette Binoche, and you could really see that it was tearing him up, that this this terrible, uh, you know, betrayal of his son was really tearing him apart. I'm not seeing that in Obsession. I just see a father just kind of staring at this <laughs> woman and then going going off to have sex with her. And look, 
I was on the floor rolling with laughter at the scene where he books into the same hotel room after his son and the fiance have oh. left the room <laughs> and he climbs onto the bed and starts humping the doona and sniffing the cushion. Come on, James. It is rubbish. Oh, spoiler. Gee whiz. <laughs> oh, absolutely laughable. Yeah, look, I've got to agree I've got to agree with probably everything you've said there, but I'll say one thing. I did watch it all. Did you? Yeah, I found it something strangely hypnotic, but it wasn't good. It wasn't, you know. um, That opening scene where they first see each other, they're in some function (laughs) at um, the House of Commons or wherever, and um, and they just, yeah, there's no explanation why they become obsessed with each other. There's No. no... but there's not even an unbelievable reason. There's just no real explanation given why these two people suddenly feel attracted to each other. No, there's there's no explanation as to why they have this animal magnetism <laughs> and are going to p- betray the sun. They just, it's it's really, really badly done. But you know what? It's going to work for Netflix. I'm sure it's in their top 10 list of shows this week. And it's going to appeal to people who are like the Fifty Shades films, you know, because yep. it's naughty. They have sex. There's a bit of nudity. And we don't see a lot of sex or nudity on screen anymore with intimacy coordinates and actresses that aren't as willing to do nudity the way that they've always been expected to do. And there is some parity in obsession. We do see as much nudity from the men as the women. Um, So, yeah, it's a little bit naughty. And I understand why people will watch it. It's only four episodes, but it's nothing to write home about. Yeah, no, it's not great. Uh, Richard Armitage plays William, the father um, Charlie Murphy plays Anna, the the his son's fiance. Yeah, and interesting, she was in Happy Valley. Yeah, she now I've been looking woman. that up. Who was she in Happy Valley, James? Uh, policewoman Anne Gallagher was the character. Right, now, so maybe the first series or the second series, and that's why we can't remember her. She does look vaguely familiar. I think she was in a lot of it, but as a very with all due respect to a minor character, I think. Yeah, right. Yeah, she was never a big part of the story. But yeah. Um, so yeah, and but yeah, that whole thing about the and the romance between his son and her is just completely unbelievable as well. Completely. They seem com- absolutely unmatched. Yep. Very little in common, you know, just they look like strangers every time they're together, as if they've just met. Um it's just, yeah, it's just not enjoyable. And I was really, when the plot takes a, I, I don't know how far you got. but Two episodes. I watched two episodes. So you probably didn't see the, the when well, it's a crime thriller, so you didn't really get to see the crime as such. But I know what happens. I remember the movie. I remember the very famous scene where, you know, it involves Jeremy Irons running naked down a set of stairs. I'm aware of how it ends and the climax. And look, for a laugh, I might put it back on to see, (laughs) to fast forward through that last episode to see how they do that. 
Um, but it's interesting, isn't it? Um, it's just so interesting, James, that we've got so many movies from the 90s being remade for a new generation today. And Jeremy Irons isn't alone in having his stuff being made. Another one of his films, Dead Ringer, which we have to talk about next week, has also been uh, remade for Amazon Prime. Um, and yeah, it, it seems to me like everyone's combing through 90s film titles, looking for ways to, to bring them back in a new version okay all right so um we're not giving any thumbs up at all to obsession let's go to apple tv plus the last thing he told me yeah and look, before we get into this i've got hang around we've got another great um listeners email which we'll get to towards the end of the episode but let, let's go into this apple tv plus uh Jennifer Garner series she's sort of driving this I've never been a huge Jennifer Garner fan and she hasn't got a great body of work I don't think that that, that behind her but what did you think about this well, look, I thought it was okay. Um, I watched the first two episodes and the thing that really caught my attention was, I don't mind Jennifer Garner. I remember her in Alias. Uh, I think she's very pretty. I think she's, you know, very solid. Um, but I was so thrilled to see Australian actors Actress yep. Angori Rice uh, playing the stepdaughter, um, and you know I'm such a fan of her work. And uh, I read a great interview with her in the the Sydney Morning Herald's Green Guide this week. You know where they sort of said to her, just a few years ago, you said you hated it when twenty uh, somethings are playing high school students. And she said very cleverly, well, I did say that. Uh, and yes, I am in my 20s playing a 16-year-old yet again. But she said, you know, I've sort of been locked up and in isolation during COVID. So I have kind of been shut away and she still feels that she can pull it off. And look, she does. I, I find her totally believable as a schoolgirl in this. But my problem with it is that the storyline, it just feels a little familiar. A husband goes, missing um he leaves a note uh there's you know question of criminal activity and it's left to his partner or whether she's his wife uh and the daughter to try and put together pieces and and try and figure out what's happened to him um and is he going to come back and of course he's played by Nikolai Costa Waldo who was uh I guess his best role was Game of Thrones right Jamie Lannister yep yeah yeah, yeah. So we see him in flashback. Yeah, yeah. I, I think he's pretty good. There, there is a lot of flashback in this, isn't it? There's, yeah. There's that, um, that's one of the things that gee whiz, you keep going. Oh, okay, we're going back. No, oh, now we're back forward, and, and it takes a moment in some scenes to work out. Oh, where are they in this whole timeline? Um, yeah, I think the scenes between Jennifer Garner and and, and Gory Rice are quite good. Yeah, they start off very, very brittle. Um, don't get on very well at all, but then that changes and they sort yep. of come to be a, a bit of a respect that um, the sort of stepdaughter has for for uh, Jennifer Garner's character, Hannah. Yeah. Um, so it's good to see that grow. Um, but, yeah, look, I don't know. I've watched nearly half of the season and yeah. I'm just, I don't know. You, I go back because you're sort of intrigued about what might have happened. There's been some financial mismanagement or fraud but it's a bit hard it's a bit confusing because there's the fbi there's u.s marshals involved um they're going back and forward to austin in texas trying to track and there's 
you know, there's coincidences that help them, you know, aren't sort of just a bit, uh, really. Yeah, yeah. The, the just I just found the whole policing thing a little bit confusing about who was investigating who and <laughs> what was alleged to have happened. And so uh, the only thing that keeps me keeps me engaged is just, yeah, well, I'd like to know how this, how they resolve this and if it is resolved. I'm like you, mildly intrigued. I must admit, towards the end of the second episode, I probably would have watched more if I didn't have other shows that we needed to watch for the podcast. Um, And, you know, I might go back and watch it and I might go back and cheat and just watch the last episode. Yeah. That's from, um, produced by Hello Sunshine, Reese Witherspoon's production company. So, I mean, it's well put together. They've spent a bit of money on it, but it is a bit of, there's a bit of gloss over it, which doesn't really let you sink your teeth into it. I don't know. There doesn't seem to be a lot of depth to it. Yeah, it looks pretty. Um, you know, location, yeah. Sausalito, uh, they live on a houseboat, so there's a bit of, you know, water footage there. I mean, it looks pretty, and I think the performances by Jennifer Garner and Gouri Rice are both terrific. Um, I just... You know, there's so much TV, James, and I just, when I'm watching something like that I feel like I've watched before, it becomes much easier to pull out and look for something more original. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. All right, look, we've got, uh, before we wrap up this episode, we've got to choose our show of the week. Yeah. I want to point out we've had another listener email. They're flooding in, Andrew, but we would like some more. Don't forget you can reach out to us and you can send us an email at comments at um, comments at tvgold.au. So that email address, comments at tvgold.au. This time it's from uh, Jeff in Nimbin who writes to us. And it's something that this makes me feel really good, Andrew. Um, So, okay, he starts off the email, love the podcast, just wanted to bring your attention to British actress Saran Jones. Oh, yes. From Unforgiven to Vigil, she is a consistent source of excellent dramatic work. Yeah. Check out BritBox for her catalogue of work. Thanks and keep up the good work on the podcast. Well, I wonder if Jeff from Nimbin has watched Dr. Foster because that is, I think, my all-time favourite Saran Jones show. And, of course, uh, we loved Gentleman Jack. And I always like to remind everybody that she cut her teeth just like Sarah Lancaster (laughs) for years and years in Coronation Street. And they both played very memorable characters. Whenever Corrie celebrates an anniversary, you see clips of both those actors. So, yeah, always great to see uh, the soap stars going on to such incredible work in other British drama. Yeah, I, I, I guess you've probably heard us talk about her in the past um, on this podcast, but we've, I worry at times we've spent too much time talking about Saran Jones. <laughs> yeah. So it's great to get some reinforcement, though, that other people do enjoy her work. Look, coming up, she's got a couple of things in the in um in production something called Maryland which I I know very little about she's also an EP on that one something called the final round and I'm hoping she's in the second season of Vigil I think she is I think I saw an Instagram pic of her when they started filming I think she's back 
Yeah, she played DCI Amy Silver in Vigil. She was Anne Lister in Gentleman Jack, which we both love. Yeah. She played Miss Pinkerton, who I think was a teacher in just two episodes of the 2018 um, Vanity Fair. Yep. A couple of things I'm not sure of. Did we talk about a series called Save Me a couple of years ago? Oh, look, I think wasn't it an anthology series and she's just in one episode, isn't it? Why? Is she, this was a show a made for Sky. Child. Yes. yes. And there and was. It's on Stan. It's a Stan exclusive. Yeah, I think I started it, never finished it. Okay. It's made for Sky in the UK. Yeah, yeah. So it's on Stan here. So I might go and check that out. I'm just not sure how much is in it. There was something else called Christmas Carol, C-A-R-O-L-E, which was like a Christmas movie last Christmas. I'm just, I can't find it anywhere here. It doesn't I don't think wrong. it's screened down under. No, there was. Sounds that, like something made for the UK only at this stage. Promo shot of her um, with some old English comedians. Um mm which I think we might have talked about, but I can't remember seeing the, sh- the, 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 um, you know, sometimes movie. James, it takes 12 months for us to see certain Christmas shows yeah. from the UK because, you know, they're not going to premiere it in Australia a month after Christmas. They maybe put it in a vault and go, let's try and screen that, you know, in November next year. So maybe we'll get it much, much later this year. Sounds interesting. Yeah, it does. And I, I agree. I think Dr. Foster was her best work. Uh, Dr. Yeah. Gemma Foster, wow. Yeah, That's amazing. A ride that one is, isn't it? Um, yeah. Absolutely brilliant. And now the claim I've often made in the past, and I'll say it again, Scott and Bailey, she plays Sergeant Rachel Bailey. Yeah. On this um, British, I think it's a British crime procedural. It is. Uh, it's on Britbox, I'm pretty sure. Um <laughs> It's definitely up on maybe a couple of platforms. It's five seasons, 33 episodes. Andrew, I want to watch them all, but geez, wow, good I'm, luck. <laughs> I, I'm not sure when I, I'm going to get time. And you mentioned her great work on Corrie, Coronation Street. Yeah. I think over 300 episodes. Yeah, she was in it for a while. And uh, sometimes when I'm on YouTube in a Corrie rabbit hole, up comes the clipper. She's in a church and she get, is in this enormous slap and bitch fight with uh, Tracy Barlow. Uh, uh, very memorable stuff for fans of Coronation Street. Yeah. Okay, great. All right, look, we'll wrap up this episode of TV Gold there. Before we go, Andrew, do you have a show of the week? Yeah, the show of the week is definitely the marvellous Mrs. Maisel. It gets five stars from me. Um, And I also want to uh, remind viewers that the second series of Somebody Somewhere is beginning on Binge uh, next week. This is a great little series that uh, I found last year. We might talk about it some more in the future. Uh, I just found it in the guide then and went, yay, it's back for a second season. Yeah. Okay. Look, I'm going to support you. I'll definitely go for the marvellous Mrs. Maisel as well. Um, I'm watching this season. I'll try and get back and catch up as well with some of the ones I missed. Um, Okay. That's it for this week. We'll be back. There's some exciting stuff around. So I'm looking forward already to um, getting in and trying to binge some of the things we've got for next week too. Until then, Andrew, we'll um, see you in a week. Thanks, James. Have a great week.